Domingo Santana. Ooh, I wanna add you to my roster. In Roto, replacing Gio Soto, Giolito, and Brito. Baby, where my fab go? Near the Florida Keys. There's a place in Miami. That's where you wanna be to get ahead of your on the schedule yesterday, but still a lot to talk about on a beautiful, lovely, wonderful, warm Kokomo Friday on September 7th. Adam Azer and Scott White. No surprise. Hi, Scott. No surprise that we're not joined by any of our furry friends. Right? (laughs) (laughs) They both have fur on their face. I think that's 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 an apt description. That's true. You're 100% right. Yeah, no Heath, no Chris. But you know what? Scott and I are... Here to help you win your league by telling you who not to start in Fantasy Week 25. And also telling you who to, to start in Fantasy Week 25. We'll look at two-star pitchers. We'll look at the most added list. We'll recap yesterday. I'm going to tell you somebody that I'm just not going to draft next year. I'm just not not interested in it. Let's start, though, with an email. A lot of emails today. FantasyBaseball at CBSI.com. This is from Patrick. And he says, hey, Tom, Ron, Chris, and Ben. Tom, Ron, Chris, and Ben, that's uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Very very common names yeah, yeah. for male characters in that one. It is getting to crunch time where every spot counts, and I want to know which big names can we safely move on from for the playoff run. Votto comes to mind, but I have Severino, and he's killing me in all pitching categories to the point where I'm more excited to start Clay freaking Buckholtz over him. Woo! Who are some big names that you are ready to move on from for the stretch run, Scott? I actually wrote an article about this a week or so ago. Uh, it was specifically focused on pitchers. Um, so I'd like to pull that up rather than just try and go off the top of my head. But uh, I can give you some names while you go pull ahead. that up. Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, maybe not in the points league, but Joey Votto. I don't. I just. I don't think you have to bench him. All of these guys that I'm going to say. Not all, but many of them have a lot of potential. Like You could leave Votto on your bench. You could have a huge week. But he is facing, I've never seen anything like this, Scott. In my life, it's never happened. Six lefties next week. Hill, Ryu, Kershaw, Hamels, Montgomery, Quintana. Allegedly. Allegedly. It could change. But he's going to face a lot of lefties. He is slugging 322 against lefties this week. I'm going to tell you to sit uh, this year. I'm going to tell you to sit Joey Votto next week. He hasn't earned it. He hasn't earned it. He's nine home runs. Well, you came prepared to talk about that one. That I came is, prepared um, to talk about that's a lot interesting. Of them. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and he has he been hitting well since returning no. from the DL. He's seven yeah. for twenty-eight with one extra base hit, and it's a double. 
It'd be hard to do in points leagues because he walks so much, but I could certainly understand categories leagues sitting him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with high-end players like that, it's it's like if they turn on a dime, you're going to wish you still had them. So moving on, I don't know that it necessarily means dropping when you're talking somebody that high-end. Uh, and I, I'm reminded of that because I led this particular article with Chris Archer, and then he follows up with, you know, his best start since joining the Pirates. And now it's like, well, is he usable again still? I don't know. Certainly, I'd like to have him around at least. Uh, but Jose Barrios, I think, is in the discussion for players who you just shouldn't count on them helping you anymore. Maybe that's a better way to frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Jose Barrios, I don't know what's wrong with him, but clearly things have gone wrong here lately. Uh, yeah, I, as far as this email is concerned, I, I think we discussed we're going to start Severino in his next start. Yes, because the matchup's so good and, you know, he's been, he's been pretty good with the exception of the last start where he had all kinds of issues with signs and, and just having his pitches caught by Gary Sanchez. With the exception of that, he's been, he's been fine recently. You know, a, a lot of it has to do with taking advantage of good matchups, but he's going to have another one of those. So yeah, I think you have to start him. Um, you know, I'm done with Sean Newcomb. That's somebody we've talked about before. Um, I don't know how high end he is. I, I'm done with Jose Quintana, even though his last couple starts have been quality starts. It's just the good starts haven't been good enough to justify all the bad. Okay, I got some hitters I can throw out there. Um, sure. Well, you look at the lefties and Scooter Jeanette. Now he is at, he's doing fine against lefties. I mean, he's batting 303, 480 slugging. But Jeanette may also face six lefties next week. Now, I, I would have the decision. I, I can't imagine I'm taking him out of my lineup, but I did notice they haven't faced a ton of lefties lately, but he sat against a lefty yesterday, and Jeanette has sat against two of the last three left-handed pitchers, which hmm. just wasn't the norm. So I don't know if it's like giving him a little rest or what, but it's bothering me. Yeah. Uh, it's bothersome. Yeah, I, now look, I don't know. Like I, I don't said, know that I'm, it, I'm gonna start. I don't know that you're going to be able to find a great second base alternative on waivers in most leagues. Yeah, so you probably just run him out there. All right, Andrew McCutcheon. He's one for sixteen with two walks and five strikeouts with the Yankees. I, you know, I know all the peripheral data is great, and I just don't know that he that it's warranted. I don't know that you have to stick with him. I don't know that you have to either. It's a deep position, obviously. A lot of alternatives. On waivers or otherwise. That's McCutcheon. Uh, and but I, I think better times are ahead here. I, I think he has a strong finish <laughs> with the Yankees. That's just I hope. Much. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I was, I was thinking that, but he's one for 16. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Like, I'm not going to sit him, but if I were loaded, it's the playoffs. You got great teams. You got to score a lot of points. I mean, Juan Soto has three home runs in his last 38 games and 41 so the, strikeouts. So then in the past month, I took up, well, about a month ago, I took up two causes and argued for them with vain popping passion. <laughs> One of them was Jose Barrios is a borderline ace. One of them is Juan Soto is a far better rookie of the year choice than Ronald Acuna. And they've both gone disastrously wrong since then because Acuna, of course, well, we just talked about Barrios. Acuna, of course, had by far his best month in August and Soto had by far his worst month in August. And uh, he's striking out a lot more. Um, he, he has a batted ball profile that's a little concerning as one email 
emailer pointed out about that time. Um, the ground balls. I kind of dismissed. Yeah, a lot of ground balls, not a lot of fly balls. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see how both Soto and Acuna end the season. I think they're both basically must start. Obviously, Acuna is right now. Um, but, like, after the months they just had, I, I'm not really, I'm not, I, uh, their 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 draft status for 2019 is very much up in the air. It, it, I, I think the last month's going to tell a lot as far as that goes. Yeah, Soto. I mean, look, he's struggling in his last 38 games, 276 with a 403 slugging percentage, but he actually has a 412 on base percentage. So, so one thing we like to see when a guy is struggling is yep. he still drawing walks? Yeah, and, and, and so I think is. he's going to be great in points leagues either way. It's I question the home run production, at least at this stage of his career. And, you know, if, if he begins to strike out more and isn't such a sure thing in batting average, it, it's really the categories leagues where I worry that he might be less than high end. I mean, that's, that's really what the concern is for Soto. Like for, you know, there was a time where we were talking about him as like a top 10 outfielder. Is he that? Is he top 20? Is he outside the top 20? That's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably stick with him because it is a points league. But I can understand the frustration in a, in a categories league with average because he's just, you know, he's not doing that much with the bat. Billy Hamilton has not stolen a base in nearly a month, August 11th. He's 0 for 4 in that stretch. Problem is if, if you sit Hamilton, he could easily have a 7-steal week. Uh, but, his, you know, he's just such a bad hitter. Uh, I, I'm thinking about moving forward, uh, moving on from Yasmani Grandal. Not the easiest position to replace, obviously, but... He's 1 for 11 in September. He batted 162 in August, so he's just been dreadful for a month, five weeks or so. Uh, five, five total weeks, not a month of five weeks. Seven <laughs> games, though, for Grandal next week and not bad matchups. And I, I can't blame anyone if they want to sit Wilson Contreras or even drop Wilson Contreras since the All-Star. Look at this slash line since the All-Star break. 211, 308 on base. It's a good walk rate. 297 slugging percentage. He is not even slugging 300 since the All-Star break. That's 39 games. That's pathetic for Wilson Contreras. It's not good. It's not what you want to see. Uh, And you know what's interesting? I actually had somebody ask me over Twitter, uh, Wilson Contreras or Francisco Mejia, rest of season. And I wasn't sure how to answer. Well, Contreras is going to get a lot more plate appearances. A lot more. You'd think. I mean, what I read You'd yesterday think. was even after the two-homer game that they expect Mejia. This was the AP writer. I don't know what he was basing it on. Uh, Foreknowledge. I mean, that's what that's the line the Padres were taking, that it'd be about a 50-50 yeah, split. Yeah, that's what right? he said, 50-50. But it wasn't a reaction. You know, afterward, uh, Andy Green was saying, you know, there's a good chance Mejia's in the lineup again Friday after the two-homer game. You know, he has another big game. It's you know the plans. The plans are the plans until they're not the plans anymore. You know, yeah. and he may just quickly show he deserves a bigger share of that timeshare. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely a, a popular player right now. And then two more guys: AJ Pollock. If you want to sit him, feel free. If you dropped AJ Pollock, I wouldn't pick him up unless it were a five outfielder league. He's batting two thirty seven with one steal in fifty three games. Since coming off the DL, um, and then last one for me, 
I'm not a big Angleton Simmons guy. I think he's fine in points, but he's barely walking. In Roto, he's not stealing. He, I just don't think he's a very good hitter. This is two years in a row where he's basically going to get like all of his hitting stats in a short period. Um, Scott, I don't think agrees, but just come up well, with Well, Roto, game. I mean, if you're talking about a categories league with the head-to-head line, if it's just Roto leagues, you have that extra middle infield spot to fill. I'm not saying he's must-star. He's not. But if everybody, if every owner is actively participating and you're optimizing 24 or 36 total middle infield spots between 12 teams, he probably deserves to start for somebody. Yeah, I mean, there are categories leagues, like with one shortstop spot. I just, I'm not really a big Simmons guy, especially when he's not running. Uh, all right, so there you go. There you have it. Scott gave you some pitchers. I gave you some hitters. And we move on to email today number two. It's from Mark in Kansas City. Dear Nick and Matt. <laughs> okay. <What the> heck? <laughs> Kids in my kindergarten class? I don't know. I'm packing it in this year in my dynasty league. Not your fault. Don't take it personally. Who are some targets that I can pick up now before the end of the year that might have more value next year? Ooh. Maybe Jairus Familia and Zach Britton could close next year. This is a fun question that's going to be very difficult to answer on top of mind. Well, I, I do think I think both those guys are good calls. Yeah? I, I mean, if, it's probably too late for Tyler White. He's probably picked up already. Uh, and I'd assume in a dynasty league, prospects like Kyle Tucker, um, you know, big prospects are out, are already rostered too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one to answer top of mind. Do you have any more names? No, like, not really. Um, I was just thinking some prospects that might make their way. Um, I mean, obviously, I always default to the Yankees, but Clint Frazier, I'm sure he's owned in the Dynasty League. Yeah, uh, I mean, Brent Honeywell maybe is out there because he it's it's just when people say Dynasty League, they don't always mean the same thing. So that that makes it tricky too, and I don't want to just name a bunch of big prospects that may obviously be already owned. Oh, at, but you know, Jonathan Loizaga is a guy I'm really excited about for next year. The Yankees are going to lose most of their rotation to free agency, so I think he's a lock to be there. Uh, but again, he's kind of a prospect. So, see, even Scott always defaults to uh, to Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really yeah. am. I think he's. I think Luis is. I do too. I, I, I like him. Good. I like him a lot more than Domingo Armand. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, an under the radar prospect who probably isn't going to have a job out of spring training, but look, check out his minor league numbers this year. Is Nathaniel Lowe. In the Rays organization, they have so many lows there. Some of them are even Laos. <laughs> Some of them are Laos. Yeah, but uh, Nathaniel Lowe, first baseman who hit like he's hit like 330 with a 1,000 OPS in the upper minors this year. Check him out. All right, let's take a look at our favorite two-star pitchers that are available in a decent amount of leagues for next week, Scott. Um, you know, I it's a it's a pretty good list, and this is the time of year where Someone who's like 85% owned is, it just seems like that guy could be available in more of your leagues. So there are so few people that are participating in the waiver wiring that some, sometimes these guys sneak through. Um, but you know, what I would recommend to, to people is if you look at our two star pitcher list and it's going to change and you got to watch Scott's column is really what you really want to focus it's on. It's going to change so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so over two star pitchers. All right. But it's going to change a lot, but. If you have any reservations about a guy who has two starts, 
and his first start is on Tuesday, just go with the assumption that he's going to be a one-start guy. The Monday guys are obviously safer bets. With well, that said— It depends if their teams are playing six games or seven. It, true. Very right, few you, were playing seven this past week, at, week, so, you know, there, there, there have been a lot of two-start disappointments. And there will continue to be because rosters are expanded and spot starts are popping up all the time. It's, uh, it's not a good time to stream two-start pitchers, just in general. Like, if, if you have pitchers you feel good about, whether or not they're making one start or two, shouldn't be your first priority. So, do you want to do this segment or no? Like, should we recommend? Yeah, I mean, we should, we can still do it. Just understand it. Take. I mean, even even after we were done with the podcast last week, it became clear some of the guys we talked about as two start options weren't. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it had. You know. I don't know. I mean, it's worth talking about. Just understand it's you, right. you got to follow up on it. You can't just you can't just listen to this podcast and feel like you know what's going on to start wise. Well, Joe Musgrove is someone who's been pitching pretty well. He's at St. Louis and at Milwaukee though, so those are tough matchups. Um, Derek Rodriguez is eighty-one percent owned. He's got Atlanta and Colorado. Um, Lucas Giolito is someone I'll be starting at Kansas City and at Baltimore. Yeah, and the good thing about that is even if it's just the KC start, it's a really good matchup. Yeah, so he's someone I'd recommend. Um, uh, I I like Derek Rodriguez and uh and who was the other Musgrove. one? Musgrove. Yeah, Musgrove. I like them both more than Giolito because I think they're the kind of pitchers you would consider even in a one start week, regardless of matchups. So you're not looking forward to uh, rolling out Mike Miner at the Angels and at the Padres. Yeah, that would be that would be dangerous, particularly if you weren't starting him as a re- as a spark as a relief pitcher eligible starting pitcher. May, if you're in a deeper league, Brad Keller maybe makes two starts and they'd be against the White Sox and the Twins. In fact. Uh, yeah, Brad Keller. Well, Brad Keller's another one with really good matchups. Basically, the rest of the season. I think there's one. I actually was looking at this because I wrote about him in Waiver Wire this morning. Uh, I think he has four starts left. Three of them are against rebuilding clubs. So he's a good guy to have around. And he's also relief pitcher eligible. Okay. All right. So I think that'll, that'll do it. So we've given you, uh, if available, Derek Rodriguez. I mean, you could go with Mike Fires too. He's 82% owned at Baltimore and at Tampa Bay. Yep. Derek Rodriguez, Joe Musgrove, Lucas Giolito, Brad Keller. Nathan Avaldi will be interesting. I'm not sure. He's. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, I don't Forget think... it. He's been awful. Yeah. And you really don't want to chance him making only one start. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. All right, news and notes. Shohei Otani could be the DH next season, according to Yahoo. We have a, a question about him later we'll get to. Yahoo! Kyle Schwarber sat with a back issue. John Gibbons is not going to be back next year, according to John Heyman. Michael Brantley sat with a sore foot, and Scooter Jeanette sat with a a tender thigh. And that got me uh, mm. very hungry for chicken. Tender thigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Cool KFC. Kind of reminds me of uh, Tender Heart Bear. Tender Heart Bear? Is that a Care Bear? That's that's the Care Bear. Really? The head Care Bear. Tender heart. I think he was like, I don't know that they had ranks. Like, I don't know that they were that 
militaristic. Yeah, you but. would think the Care Bears wouldn't really be about hierarchy, you know? Everybody's but he, they just kind of gravitated around him, I feel like. Okay. Around tender heart. He I, had such a tender heart. I did really did love the Care Bears uh, growing up. I mean, when I was like three? Yeah. Now. That was my jam. Your oldest son is how old? Three. So are you watching any TV shows with him that are making you nostalgic? I, I, like, am I showing him shows I used to watch? Yeah, have uh, you gotten to that no, point yet? No, he has, he has preferences. And, you know, most of the time it's not worth the fight. <laughs> like um, what, what's his favorite show? Peter Rabbit on Nick Jr. Okay. But, you know, he's big into Curious George. Oh, see, that would make me nostalgic. Paw Patrol. I, I didn't watch that. When did George come around? I, I don't, I oh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't remember watching. I remember reading the books. Yeah, of course. The books have been around for decades. Uh, but the cartoons, the cartoons been around a long time too, but we're kind of old. I feel like I've been watching uh, Sesame it. Street. I've, you know, I tried to get him into Sesame Street. That's certainly nostalgic. He just wasn't that into it. Uh, all right. All right then. Uh, let me tell you, Scott, who I'm not going to be drafting next year. Zachary Granke, not interested. <laughs> okay. I just don't – I. it's weird, man. I just don't trust him. Uh, I, I've got a thing with him. I feel like he's the next Felix Hernandez because his velocity is so bad. He's a change-up reliant pitcher. The innings are starting to get up there. He's getting up there in age. Um, I – I don't see myself taking Zach Greinke because he's going to end up probably with a low threes ERA, and I think he's more of a mid threes ERA guy. And he's, you know, he's been not exactly bad on the road, but he's really benefited from the home ballpark, which shows to me that he's becoming a worse pitcher. So you can have Zach Greinke. I don't want him. You can have him. He's too old for me. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I feel like he's so reliable and. um you know, there are so few of those, those pitchers who you count on to, you know, to handle an ace workload and, and pitch well in it. I mean, you know, they, they don't, they tend not to get the workload if they're not pitching well, but, um. Yeah, he, he goes about six innings every average. Is a well, little you more know, than I'm already looking to forward to next spring. He's throwing 84 miles per hour and they're asking him about it and he's like i don't know i worry about it every year so everybody starts freaking out cuz that's happened like 3 years but in a row but eventually i like i think <laughs> i think the fall for granky is going to be swift and i don't want to be part of it what round would you take that granky i don't, know. I don't think it will in? be swift because he doesn't i i worry about swift falls for guys who are so velocity driven and he's clearly not that he's that's true and he's a great athlete movement. great athlete Field his position well. Uh, yeah. What round would you take Zach Granke in? Um, what round were we taking him in this year? Three, four? I guess with the spring concerns, he started falling around five, six. That same range. All right. I'll take him in round seven. So I won't take him. Yeah. Emails part one at fantasybaseball.cbsi.com. This is from Bill. Appreciated your Otani segment yesterday, but you guys and seemingly everyone in fantasy blurb industries – are speculating about next year. Just to be clear, for this fantasy playoff season, does everyone expect Shohei Otani, the hitter, to finish out the season as a DH? No. no. He might. He might. And to, I'm not sure 
what having it before the season over, what what having Tommy John surgery before the season's over buys him, because there's clearly not enough time for him to return as a pitcher next year either way. Uh, but you know, the Angels aren't playing for anything, and even though he can hit through it, doesn't mean he necessarily needs to be. So I'm I'm not I'm not counting on it. Maybe he will. I'm not dropping him. You know. Uh, and next email is from Peter. Is Zach Granke droppable? He's been terrible lately. His matchups for the remainder of the season are tough. <laughs> no, he's no. not droppable. But he is at Colorado and at Houston if he makes two starts next week. That uh, is a little scary. A little scary. Mm. No, not scary. Yeah. Okay. I don't worry about Zach Granke. And then after that, it looks like Colorado at home, which is fine, Then like at San Diego. So I don't know. Uh, it depends on when his next turn is, I guess. But I don't know that all of his matchups are tough. Greg from Atlanta wants to know who you think will, will be in the Braves rotation next year, Scott. Now, this is very interesting. And I'm making, throughout this podcast, I'm making a lot of references to a, a piece I just put the finishing touches on. I'm sure it'll go up, be up probably by the time you're done listening to this podcast. Uh 30 bold predictions for next year. And one of them, understand, these are meant to be bold. They're meant to really, you know, push the limits of what's plausible. But one of them, I think I even mentioned this on the show. You yesterday. did, yeah, Sean, you did. Sean Newcomb doesn't make the rotation. Yeah. Because they have so many of those other options vying for spots. Among them, Tuki Toussaint, Bryce Wilson, Max Freed, Kyle Wright, who's up as a reliever this month, uh, their first-round pick from last year. Uh, who else? Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka, absolutely. He's probably a front runner. Luis Gohara. I don't think they've given up on him. So yeah, yeah. Um, my guess, my guess, most likely scenario is it's the four we all expect to be there. Fultonevich, Gosman, Newcomb, yes. And, uh, and Julio Tehran. And that, Mike Soroka claims the fifth spot. That's my guess. I think Toussaint would probably be the second most likely to. Ben from Iowa, Gaddis or Mejia, rest of season. Roto. Needs bat- I will go He's batting Mejia. average. I'll go Mejia. Gaddis. For- yeah. Not playing enough. Goodbye. From Brian, Mejia, I might be the only person in America starting him in an AL only league. Bye bye, Mike Zanino. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but if you're able to, have at it. This one is from, I gotta look up, uh, this team in the scam league. This one is from, in case of fires, break the glass now. Can I get a shout out for my dominating performance in the For the People League in the regular season? I have several friends who listen to the podcast and a brief soliloquy about my fantasy awesomeness would go a long way, uh, towards permanent bragging rights and would probably help me be more popular with them as well. Either way, I want to extend a genuine thanks to you guys and Heath for the invite into the league. No matter how the playoffs shake out, it has been an amazing experience. That is from Rob. In case of fire, break the glass now. He, his record is currently 131 wins, 68 losses, and 11 ties. Nobody, he has 131 wins. Nobody else has more than 119 wins, and I'm wondering if he had a first round buy. Oh, oh, wait, we're in the playoffs right now. So, yeah, he had 12 more wins than the second-best team. Let's look at this team and see what was so great and so wonderful. Isn't this the team we beat 9 nothing like, with three weeks to go? <laughs> Maybe. 
just wait, just want to pat our own. Just want to turn it back around to making us look great. This is a 16-team categories league. 16-team. 16. Like, you would never in a million years think, oh, this is a great team. Oh, wait, his, he's got Chris Sale and Trevor Bauer on the DL. Okay, anyway, here are the hitters. James McCann, Encarnacion, LeMahieu. This is pretty good. Suarez, yeah. Machado, Brantley, Marcakis, Starling Marte, and Glaber Torres. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. A rough start with James McCann, but whatever. Yeah, Encarnacion, LeMahieu, Suarez, Machado, Brantley, Marquecas, Marte, Gleyber Torres. I would take that lineup. You know, I I feel like I'd be in the mix in a 12-team league if I had that lineup. I think he's going to lose because Bauer and Sale are on the DL. That sucks. That, that, yep. That's not good. Buckholtz, Kopech, Pavetta. Velasquez, Ken Giles, Justin Miller, and my, and uh, Wade Davis. Uh, I don't know. That's you deserve to win. I mean, it's, it's bad luck, obviously, yeah. losing those two guys to injury and Sean Doolittle as well. You deserve yeah. better, Rob. Good luck. I hope uh, Chris Sale's back by the time your next round starts, and that would certainly help. Um, rotation time. Who do you trust next week? Steven Strasburg at Philadelphia. Kyle Hendricks. Um, against Milwaukee, Shane Bieber at Tampa Bay. I'd be okay with all three of them, even Bieber. Biebs has good matchups down the stretch, too. Fringy starting pitchers, who do you trust next week? Anibal Sanchez at San Francisco, Luis Castillo against the Dodgers. Uh, I, I mean, it wasn't an altogether bad start for Castillo. But he did give up three home runs. So against the Dodgers, I think that's a no. He has given up 27 home runs this year. Yeah, and they've got some thump. Anibal Sanchez at San Francisco, that's probably a start, right? Yep. What the heck? Like, what, what, how is that? How? Scott, how? I just don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> September though, what do you, <laughs> you want me to deny it now? No, I just don't get it. It's, you know, Anibal Sanchez, one of the most surprising things in fantasy this year, I'd say. 309 ERA, a strikeout per inning. Uh, in the yeah. bullpen, in the bullpen, Brad Brock got a save. I'm guessing Minter was unavailable. He threw 36 pitches on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But Brock has a .54 ERA with Atlanta and a 1.32 whip. So you tell me if it's sustainable. Uh, Tori Lovello said that Brad Boxberger is still the closer for the Diamondbacks, but it's he's been struggling. And Jesse Chavez got a save for the Cubs with Pedro Strope pitching the ninth in a tie game on the road. Then they took the lead in the tenth, and Chavez came in and got the save. And Chavez worked to the heart of the order. And uh, Strope pitched uh, against eight, nine, and one in the order. So anything jump out of you here with the bullpen? No. (laughs) (laughs) I said through a yawn. I'm sorry. How am I yawning in the middle of a podcast? Because we're talking about the bullpen. Yeah. Um, Boring things. It's Friday. I'm tired. Sorry. All right, Scott. <laughs> some hitters from yesterday. Four good ones, one bad one. Here are the four good ones. Hunter Renfro, he homered. Francisco Mejia, he homered twice. Jason Kipnis has actually been all right lately. Last 32 games, he has an 812 OPS. Jason Kipnis. And Johan Camargo, since the All-Star break. The plate discipline has gone away. They've been replaced by home runs. He's got an 883 OPS since the All-Star break. Johan Camargo. Renfro, Mejia, Kipnis, and Camargo. Thoughts on that group? 
Well, I like I, I like most of them for one purpose or another. Uh, the one I like least is Kipnis. I don't have a lot of use for him, even though he's been okay recently. You know, it's it's only been okay. And Ipkiss out. Ipkiss. The mask is so bad. I was watching it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it is so bad. I always think of Stanley Ipkiss when I hear Jason Kipnis. Of course. Yeah, I'm not the one. Kipnis, okay. Jason Kipnis is better than the mask. I watched the mask so much. Speaking of things we watched when we were young. Terrible. I like. There were like, there were like four movies that my siblings and I just watched over and over and over again, and The Mask was one of them. So I haven't seen it probably in 20 years, but uh, but I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, yeah, here's the problem with Renfro and Mejia. They have five games next week. Ugh. Is that yeah, a problem? That's like a, yeah, I mean that that could mean two starts for Mejia, you know? It could. It could, uh, but Renfro has been sl- Re- like I still think if if home runs are your priority right now, Renfro has to be in your lineup just because he's providing so many of them. Camargo, Camargo, I feel like's been underrated for a long time now. And the ceiling isn't particularly high, but the floor is high, and like he just rarely steers you wrong if you plug him in your lineup. Good. Good fill-in guy, especially since he's eligible at both third base and shortstop. And uh, Kendris Morales is 48% owned since he homered eight times in seven games. Kendris Morales is four for 26 with no extra base hits, four walks, and eight strikeouts. Seems like a bad time to have picked up Kendris Morales. Um, do you think he's appropriately owned at 48% or what? I think it's a little low. Um, there were some scheduling, schedule issues that came up when he was having that, what, eight home runs in eight games or whatever that stretch seven was. Games. Eight home uh, runs in seven games. Yeah, you, you looked ahead at his schedule and saw there, there could be trouble for him. But he's still a pretty good power hitter. Probably deserves to be more than 48% owned. I need a new segment. I need something different right now. I need to shake things up. Let's regulate! You sang the wrong song. Let's regulate! Alright, Cody in Washington needs the fantasy regulators. I'm in the last week of my head-to-head categories league. I need three wins to secure first place and finish in the money. Uh Uh-huh. Alright, needs three wins in the categories league. I am playing my father-in-law who got me into fantasy baseball paid my league fee, and is the only person I can talk fantasy with. (laughs) My father-in-law is fighting for a playoff berth and could really use the six extra category wins that I can spare. No. Do I throw the categories without his knowledge and give him a shot at the playoffs, or do I show him how well he has groomed me and whoop his ass? Listen. It's not about you and him. It's about everybody else. That's not fair. You can't, you can't, who, who's he competing with? You can't, you know, yep. give him a golden path to the, to the playoffs and leave that other, hang that other guy out to dry. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're having a one-on-one competition, you want to kind of, you know, let him win to earn some goodwill. But when other people are being impacted, like, yeah, he can't do that. We'll start over. We'll do more regulation. 
Here we go. This is from... Oh, no name. We have no trade processing time and no trade deadline because we're all grown-ass men and friends. This trade goes through the day before the playoffs start. Oh, and you're upset about it. Yep. The player what giving up Arenado. Somebody gave up Arenado uh-huh. in a desperate, futile attempt to sneak into the playoffs. Um, the problem is the player receiving Arenado is the second seed, and I'm the first seed. I can see both sides, but regardless, this is a garbage trade. Perhaps he makes it into the playoffs. He won't. It was a Hail Mary. Only to lose the first round anyway. So please help, regulators. Team A gives Nolan Arenado, and Team B gives Clay Buckholtz, Lance Lynn, and Brian Johnson. So he basically— Obviously a bad trade. He gave up Arenado just to, like, get some extra starts and get a playoff spot. Obviously a bad trade that may well get him in the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know exactly what his needs are, but I'm sure— this was a thought out plan. Um, a, a trade he knew could get a, he could get through quickly and would fill out his lineup in a way that would allow him to compete at least for the one week. So I, you know, you could understand what he did it, why he did it. And I don't think you can do anything about it. The solution is to have a trade deadline. <laughs> why not? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, all right. Well, congratulations to the second place team for getting Nolan Arenado. And that has been. Regulated. Thank you, everybody. All right, more of your emails a little bit later. Let's get on with the show. Let's take a look. What are we going to do now? The most added list is a Friday staple. Um. All right, here's, on, here's a look at the most added list. Let's see who number one is. I actually don't even have an earthly clue who it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Tyler White. He's now 67% owned, sure. Jake Junis is number two on the most added list. Worth starting even in a one-star week, right? Jake Junis? Yes. Yes. His matchups are good down the stretch too, just like Keller. Is he a two star pitcher? Junis. I don't believe so. No. He was this past week, oh, assuming, right. Right, assuming right, right. that still holds. Sure. Uh we got Fran Mill Reyes, who we think is worth adding. Luke Voigt. Yeah. Fran Mill Reyes is actually a good answer to the earlier question of somebody. You could add in a dynasty league who you think could help next year. Assuming he's not already on. He's only keep, 27% on. Keep in mind, he is, he is getting, he is five games next week. Uh, Luke Voigt is also 27% on. He's number four on the most added list. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is number six or seven on the most added list. Is that someone you would start over like Yasmani Grandal or Wilson Contreras? No, I don't, I don't think so. Just not enough. Not enough, like he's a top 12 catcher by default, but not enough upside. There's like no power there. He's slugging 378. There's no power there. Um, on the year, let's see how many home runs he has. He has nine home runs. That's as many as Wilson Contreras, I believe. <laughs> um, we would be cautious with Wade LeBlanc, right? And Adam yes. Plutko. Yes, I don't have a great deal of confidence in either. All right, most added list. I think we talked about most of these guys, so. I'm going to move on. And uh, do you have any hitting advice yet, or do we need to check the website? You're going to have to check that out later. Okay, we'll do that, Scott. Check it out later. I was working on 30 bull predictions last night, son. Okay. No time for matchups. So I'll just take a look at the two-star pitcher list, and we'll put a grain of salt or an asterisk on everything. You're going to start Zach Greinke at Colorado at Houston? Yes. Miles Michaelis, Pittsburgh and the Dodgers. 
Yeah, I think so. Helps that the first of those matchups is the more favorable one. Quintana, Milwaukee, and Cincinnati at home. I mean, in a points league, probably. Probably not in a roto. Roark at Philadelphia at Atlanta. Points, yes. Roto, no. Ryu at Cincinnati at St. Louis. Um, probably in points, but it's highly, it's highly likely it'll just be the Cincinnati start. So weigh that into your decision. Sean Newcomb at San Francisco home against Washington. Nah. Mike Fires at Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Sure. And Derek Rodriguez we like. Nathan Evaldi we don't. Andrew Heaney, Texas and Seattle at home. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Poor league, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's tired. Scott Can't works a it. crazy schedule. You're Scott works. Me. He works nights. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. He works nights. He gets home really late. And then on Friday, he comes back to the office for a day shift. So give him a, give him a break. Uh, Giolito at Kansas City at Baltimore. Even if he makes one start, he could be worth using. Mike Miner, uh, Scott's not enthralled about it at, at the Angels at San Diego. And then we got Jaime Berea, Texas and Seattle. Oh, let's say no. He never gets quality starts even when he's quote unquote good. Jaime Berea. No, no on Odorizzi. Yes on Brad Keller. And Wade Miley, Aaron Sanchez, Jason Vargas, Trevor Richards, Liriano, Wainwright, Kashner, Senzatella, Alcantara, Trevor May, Homer Bailey. Nah. Nah. Alcantara, 11% owned. At the Mets, at the Phillies. No, I mean, I'm definitely interested in watching him down the stretch. Obviously, it was really good last time. But putting your trust in him now seems like a bad idea. Okay. Well, I think we should look at uh, some weekend streamers. I'm going to go through games Friday through Sunday and tell you uh, and give you some kind of questionable guys, and you tell me if you'd start them. Disclafani against the Padres. I don't think so. Okay. How about Joe Ross against the Cubs? No. Austin Gomber at the Tigers. Uh Well, streaming against the Tigers certainly worked out this week. That's the best one so far, Gomber. I don't think that's unthinkable. Okay. Going to write it down. Gomber at Detroit. Uh, Dylan Bundy at the Rays. Can't do it. Derek Holland at the Brewers. Mm, nah, that matchup's not good enough. Felix Pena at the White Sox. Yeah, I like that one. Ooh, okay. That's a yes. I'm gonna write it down. Felix Pena is underrated. Okay. This is a lot of bats with that slider. How about? I think that's basically it for Friday. All right, let's move on to Saturday. So Friday, the winners are Gomber at Detroit and Felix Pena at the White Sox. Um, Wei and Chen at the Pirates and Ivan Nova in that same game. Inclined to say no to both. Robbie Erlin or Matt Harvey? Padres at Reds. No. Matt Boyd against the Cardinals. Uh, I don't, I don't hate it, but probably a no. Okay, Matt Shoemaker at the White Sox. No. 
How about Zach Eflin at the Mets? Uh, certainly not an automatic start, but I think among the streamers, he's he's one of the better choices. So what, who do we like on Saturday? Nobody. Eflin. A- Eflin and Boyd's not a definite no. Okay. Boyd at the White Sox. Uh, home against the. Wait, no, Boyd is. Yeah, home against the White Sox. No, no, no. No, it wasn't White Sox. It was it was Cardinals. Cardinals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got Gomber, Felix Pena, Eflin, and Boyd. We go to Sunday. Let's see who we like here. Velasquez at the Mets. Mm, could do worse. It's not bad. Alex Cobb at Jalen Beeks. Really, Jalen Beeks is actually going to start. That's what it says, I don't know. It's it's off and wrong. Yeah. I don't. I. Y- y- if no. I knew Beeks was starting, maybe he'd be a yes. John Gant and Michael Fulmer. Fulmer's been better at home this year. Yeah, he's coming off a rough outing, though. Man. I don't love it. Rather not. How about Jake Brigham and Trevor Williams? Uh, Marlins that, and Pirates. Okay. <laughs> Clarify what Team Brigham pitches for. Trevor Williams. Yeah, Trevor I, th- Williams I think Trevor Marlins. Williams yeah. is a yes. I would say yes to Trevor Williams. Now we have Andrew Heaney slated to start on Sunday, so he may not be a two-star pitcher after all. Well, what the heck? <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure that one out, aren't I? Yes, you are. Uh, Trevor Cahill at home against the Rangers. Mm, I don't think so. Tuki Toussaint at the Diamondbacks. Just don't think he's gonna last long enough. Okay. So. Trevor Williams, maybe Fulmer, maybe Velasquez, but Trevor Williams looks like the winner there. Um, Gomber, Felix Pena, Eflin, Boyd, Fulmer. Not a great weekend for two start streamers, but I think, I think I would go with Trevor Williams against the Marlins as my favorite. The way he's been pitching. Yeah, probably, he probably is, probably is the favorite. Okay. How about that? We're going to finish off with uh, emails part two. This is from Josh from the coast. Which coast do you think he's from, Scott? He is from the west coast, the oh. Pacific. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Freeman or Rendon in a points league rest of season? Freeman. This is from Scott. Dear Dutch and Aceveda. Aceveda. Those are, those are guys from Farmington. The Shield. That's right. Farmington? Yeah, Farmington. The barn. Uh, The question from Scott is, my league has an innings limit. I'm on pace to go over it. I have 178 innings remaining. I have Verlander, Carrasco, Clevenger, Godley, Kopech, and a bunch of relievers. So he's he's on pace to go way over his innings. He has a solid lead in whip and K's minus walks, whatever. Should I start Kershaw at Colorado? That's tonight. Kershaw, hmm. Colorado. Should he start him? I mean, if you don't feel like you have much to gain from it, but you have something to lose, maybe not. I but, don't know what your other pitchers are, what you say, who, who else you're going to use those innings on. But I can ones. understand sitting him. Uh, the, hey, Gus, no, hey, Ed, Ed and Eddie. You ever see that show? 
I am aware of it. I don't recall actually watching it. This is from Gus. 12-team uh, head-to-head categories league. Should I drop Yasmani Grindal to pick up Tucker Barnhart? Barnhart? No. From Kevin in Texas, who should I sit in the first round of my playoffs? Jesus Aguilar, Scooter Jeanette, Justin Turner, Glaber Torres, or Reese Hoskins? Aguilar, Jeanette, Turner, Torres, and Hoskins. Well, you mentioned the lefty yeah, thing with yeah. Jeanette. Yeah, Jeanette um, thing's interesting. I think, I think I'd sit Glaber Torres, but I haven't, you know, I don't have the matchups, so it would, it would be matchups dependent. He's, I would, he's facing I would, could, Minnesota and Toronto, I believe, and like, not only is Jeanette facing lefties, but it's like Kershaw, Rich Hill, Cole Hamels are three of the lefties. Yeah, he's been hot, but. Yeah, that might be. I mean, because Torres is obviously a good choice too. With, with choices that good, I think. Yeah, Jeanette sitting Jeanette probably makes the most sense. And an email from Daniel, dear Uncle Adam, can you please rank these three pitchers for next season? Bumgarner, Clevenger, Marquez. Oh, that's gonna that is a tough one, Scott. I'll let you. I'll let Uncle Scott do it. It is a tough one because one of my bold predictions is uh, Madison Bumgarner sinks further into the. Hole where the Giants lost Barry Zito and Tim Lincecum. Oh, oh yeah. I I oh, mean, yeah. and another bold prediction could be like Armand Marquez is going to be a top fifteen pitcher or something. Uh, he's another bold prediction was the Rockies have two top five Cy Young finalists. Wow. I wasn't holding back on the bold. Wow, I went bold. Uh, but if I'm going to be rational rather than bold and sensible and all the things that Good analyst should be. I'm going to rank those three for next year. Bumgarner, Clevenger, and Marquez. Could totally see it playing out in the reverse order, though. Yeah, I uh, I wonder where Marquez goes. Scott and I have been raving about him for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, we'll see if people are on board next year. I mean, the course Field thing is always going to be tough, but but he's just so good. All right, Scott White, you have yourself a wonderful weekend. You hear me? You too, Adam. Thank you. I will. Get some rest. That is Scott. I am Adam. Enjoy your Kokomo Friday, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday.